Eric Girl. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Oh, um, that's because it's our show. And, and it's not, not yours. If it's your first time listening to the show, stop. Go back, start from the beginning, episode one, Grumblethorpe in my mouth a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then, you know, you'll follow along, you'll catch up to where we are now. It's such an interesting journey, this life that we live. It's been a ride, because if you don't know, we're in America, and it has been a wild time. It has been a wild time. I do like that you brought up that we live in America. Not because we do, but because... <laughs> But because uh, it's come to my attention recently, just how many followers we have in the UK. I know. It's fantastic. And it's really cool. And I'm talking like, I know enough to know that there are multiple countries. And there are, we have, we have fans in England, Wales, Scotland, Scotland, and Ireland. But I don't think, is Ireland part of the UK? I don't mm, think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Not anymore. They Maybe they were at some point. Right. Like they they want to be independent. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. And we have listeners in Australia. Um, but we have listeners in Australia. We do. So we're basically just saying uh, we're coming to live with you soon because we cannot take yeah, it here uh, anymore. Uh, so when I, beca- I've thought for a long time that when I leave this country, it's going to be as a refugee. And so I will be leaving. Please take us. You know, take us in. We also, your country probably uh, is, you know, your, whatever your denomination is, is significantly higher than the dollar. So any that you want to throw our way, it's going to go almost twice as far as it's going where you are. Because, you know, this is America. So we have a Patreon. (laughs) We have a Patreon. Come right out with it. Just give us your money. To give a little context, if you're not from here, I know you've probably seen a lot of stuff about Roe v. Wade. Yes, we are, are, you know, political because we live here in... And we have to be, whether well, we want to be or not. Well, if you started from the beginning, you would, know you would know that we always have been. And we always have been. But to explain a little bit to people not in America what it means. So Roe v. Wade was a federal protection. And, you know, we have states here. And it's a whole thing. There's so oh. many of them. And they each have their own rules. And there's a whole back and forth about, like, what is governed by the country versus what is, like, left to states' rights. There and, was a whole war about uh, it. Girl. So <laughs> still, much. It's still a whole thing. But anyway, so abortion basically was protected federally in the entire country. And now that Roe v. Wade has been, inter- it has been overturned, what that means is now that it's up to the states and there were at least 13 or 14 states that already had what they called trigger laws which meant that if roe v wade was overturned then that would automatically ban abortion in that state so there are 13 or 14 states that already immediately abortion is immediately illegal there um mostly in the south or in the middle because that's where most of that kind of territory is. Yep. And then there are other states that have are are putting basically wheels in the motion to change abortion laws within the next one to two years in those countries. And there's only a handful states. Oh yes, states. Thank you. And there's only a handful of states, um, primarily on the West Coast and some on the East Coast. 
only one or two, like in the middle, um, that have laws in place where abortion is fully protected, regardless of what the federal statute is. Yep. So I hope that gives some context. So there are already millions of people who have lost abortion access just by living in Texas, Louisiana, Ohio, Mississippi, Ohio, just by living in some of those states, they have already lost access to abortion immediately. There's already stories about people coming out, about people who have tried to get an abortion or had something set up to get an abortion and immediately had to change that plan because those laws were reversed overnight once that was overturned. So it's fucking wild. It's a really scary time because a lot of the narrative that you'll be told from conservative media outlets doesn't tell you the whole story, which is that a lot of these women that need these abortions, it's for their own health. And we're already hearing stories about women dealing with having a miscarriage and they don't pass it. And if you don't pass that miscarried baby, you have a decomposing piece of flesh inside of you and it causes sepsis and there's already issues and things coming out of women being in a hospital and hospitals literally saying we cannot treat you or take care our and lawyers get that are telling us we can't do this treatment until you're basically dying dying dying, dying dead and the other issue with the ectopic pregnancy that's what i was gonna bring up right it's the just, treatment for an ectopic pregnancy is an abortion. They are not because sustainable. Because it's not viable. That would never be a person. But the issue is that these people who are putting these laws in place and then the Supreme Court that then just overturned the federal protection don't even understand basic female anatomy. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's incredibly infuriating. Most of them are so old they should have been retired already. So you've got an entire generation our age who should be the people now stepping in to take charge, but we can't and we have these geriatric racist old it's- people making these laws that directly affect our health, our well-being, and we can't say jack shit or do anything about it. It's Here's the other thing that I'll put out there before we move before we move on cuz I want to give so much context. There's so much stuff to think about. But like the law of the land, right? There's so much talk about this constitution and the constitution is broken. Here's the thing. The constitution is working just fine because the constitution was written by a bunch of white landowners, most of whom also owned slaves. Absolutely. But they were all white men who owned property. And they set up the laws in such a way, this is why we don't have a popular vote, we rely on the electoral vote, because it isn't really about what most people want. It's about the people who own property and what do they want. And they wanted to ensure that basically they would never be outnumbered by their slaves if their slaves got the right to vote. So the popular vote wouldn't win because it wouldn't be about how many people. (laughs) It would be about who owns property and what do they think. And that is how this works, and it works really well, and it has worked for over 200 years, and it is still working, and that is how, even with those people that theoretically are the minority, right, this, like, small group of white landowning men, that's how they still are able to keep the majority of the power, and then the Supreme Court specifically, the people that are 
put on the Supreme Court are put there by the sitting president. The citizens have no vote. We have no say in who becomes part of the Supreme Court, which is who's, who gets to decide what the law is for this country. And They're all appointed by the president. orange turd got two in. And that's just it. Right, exactly. Most of the people at this point who are on the Supreme Court have been appointed by Republican, Republican presidents, two of whom, not even just two of whom, most of whom at this point, didn't win the popular vote. They won because they won the electoral vote. In every other country, the popular vote, that's just the vote. That's what you call it. It's what most people voted on. That's what the, if you hear the popular vote in America, that's literally, it means what the people voted for. But we run by the electoral vote, which is like, what do the people in this area, i.e. the people who own property and have a lot of money, well, their vote counts this much versus this group of people, because they all live together on the East Coast, i.e. they are probably liberal, and the same with the West Coast. So they don't get as many votes, because there's so many of them, it wouldn't be fair if we did what they want just because there's more of them. Because that's how the Constitution works, and it is still working, and this is why America is a joke. Always. Always a joke. So that's some context for our UK and, and Australia, and just foreign listeners outside of the U.S. If uh, you live in the yeah. U.S., you uh, you know this is nothing new. You're hearing about all of this. I'm like, because this is just the tip of the iceberg. You were like, oh yeah, and then the whole electoral college. That's why the insurrection happened, is because... Because the vote had happened, but the vote had technically not happened. Right. Because you then, we vote, and then the people that, they're the, like, one or two people for our state. The people who are supposed to look at our vote and then go, this is what the people want. And so I have one vote, and I'll go vote it. And then they go vote in in turn of our... Guys, it's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing. But if you try and tell a conservative that it should be based on the popular vote, they will have an aneurysm. The veins start popping out of their head. They can't handle it. It's elitist and it's unfair and it... You know, gives an unfair advantage to people in cities. Yes. Because there's more people in cities. And just have your baby. We'll take your baby. (sighs) I can't. Anyway, that's that's what it's like to live here. So the (laughs) the scariest story of all is America. America. Um, You know, the next thing they want to do is comfort gay rights. So, you know, next I might not be able to get married to my person anymore. This is where we live. So if I run away to your country to get married and... You know, have the right to an abortion, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I did just say I'm having spermless sex. So, like, I'm not at risk of having this. Well, half of this the second coming is. of the Lord, but you are. <laughs> so, am. if we run away together, please be ready to house us. We're, I don't a fun know, time. we're not going to go to England because, you know, y'all have Boris Johnson. He's not, he's not <sighs> a great time either. But what's going on in Cardiff? Amy, what are you doing, girl? I know. I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> you got a cute little garden now. We're going to come stay with you. We already bought our tickets. Hope you're ready. I know Hope you just bought a house. I know you're paying for, like, you're we getting married. American refugees. Um, we don't so... stalk your pages. <laughs> <laughs> we like having friends. So, speaking of having friends, I'm also going on vacation this week. I'm currently on vacation now that this episode has come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting up with Kyle from Gorgon's Knot. Oh. And we're going to have lunch together. Oh, my God. I want pictures. I'm so That's freaking so excited. Exciting. So, I just want to put that out there and say that I love our supporters and you guys. Like, people tell us, like, it feels like listening to their friends have a conversation because you guys are like our friends. You guys support our show 
and you make it so fun to keep doing. Yeah. And we appreciate all of the love that we get from you all. And yeah, like we've become like good buddies with some people that we've like met through the show. I'm so excited to hear that. That's very exciting to me. I can't wait. Uh, And then the other check-in that I have before I move into today's content is that recently, so I, you know, because you lived with me when I started, I used to be really into bullet journaling. Mm -hmm. And I stopped bullet journaling mm, around March, April 2020. (laughs) Because I had no plans anymore. Because all my plans fell off and the world didn't make any sense. So I stopped planning. So then I started just like regular journaling. And then recently I was like, you know what? I should like make my own planner. And then I was like, you mean, do you think you should like maybe get back into bullet journaling? And I was like, probably. So I'm going to be starting a new bullet journal. But I pulled out some older bullet journals to look for some inspiration at like spreads I did in the past and stuff I wanted to do. And there is this popular spread in bullet journals called the Level 10 Life. And I almost texted you about it. And then I was like, I'm going to save it and talk about it on the podcast. Oh, all right. So, with the level 10 life, you are, you can pick any, you can pick 10 aspects of your life if you want, but I usually do eight because that's already a lot. But you pick different, (laughs) like, aspects of your life and you grade yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I have, like, you know, relationships is one, finances is one, career, art, development, that's for, like, me to, like, learn stuff, home, like, how do you feel about how you keep your home? Sure. Stuff like that, right? Um, And then you don't put too much thought into it. You're supposed to just grade yourself, like, off the thing. And then, on the other page, you take the information from the left page, and you're like, okay, well, if I gave myself a 7 for this, then what does it mean to be doing a 10? I'm like, okay, what would I need to work on, right? So one of mine is art, and, like, what would I want to be doing creatively? And I had given myself a 7. And this time around, I gave myself a 7, right? So I was like, okay, I gave myself a 7. Well, I gave myself a 7 a couple of years ago. By a couple of years ago. It's four years ago, because it was 2018. <laughs> um, so this was, like, March, April of 2018. And I was like, well, what are the things I would want to be doing that would make me feel like I was at a, at a 10, right? So I was like, one would be taking a picture every day, which I'm not doing that now, but I did that for a while when I was, like, doing my outfit pictures, and yeah. I did my, like, sticker videos, and I was like, okay, I post every day for a while. One is Comedy with Teresa, which I'm like, haven't directly done, but we've talked about it a little bit. Mm. One is Film with Greg. Um, one of them is Make a Podcast with Sarah. And I am still making a podcast with we Sarah. We did that! We did do that. We're still doing that Aww. four years later. And that was part of my, like, I'm at a 10. <laughs> That's part of my 10. Um, and one of the other ones was finish and edit my essay collection. Which you did that! I did do that. And then I had to think about not just that, but all the things then that I have accomplished since then. Right. I did finish editing my essay collection and I published it. And then I did a one woman show of my own work with yeah. my essay collection. You evolved it. And then beyond that, I was like, you know what else I did since I wrote all these things? I was like, I did Hedwig. I did Lizard of Oz. Yes. I I was like, I started doing drag. Yeah. All these things. I was like, those were never on my list. And so I was like, okay, well, do I still think I'm at a seven if I've done all of those things? Now that it's in perspective. Because it's not about what you've accomplished. It's what you, like, still would like to do. So then I was like, okay, well, what's a ten? (laughs) What would a ten be? And a ten... 
for me is still, unfortunately, because of capitalism, to make my living off of my art. Like, yeah. a 10 for me would be, like, if I didn't have a quote-unquote day job, unless that day job was, like, my work as an artist, like, something I've set up, like, a creative place for myself. But I think I'm at a 9. So I gave myself a 9. Yay! <laughs> and I felt really, really good about it. And, yeah, I was just like, yeah, not only did I start this podcast with Sarah, we are still making this podcast. Every week, baby. Every week. We've been making this podcast for over four years. We have over 200 episodes. And, man, that's fucking cool. It's the number one habit I have kept. Yes. Is releasing something every single week. There's something about having an accountability buddy, man. When you have another person that you that you owe it to, you're yeah, like, I yeah, gotta, you gotta fucking do show this. up. I gotta, I gotta go do, do this. this. I said I was gonna do this. And then you have listeners who, we love this, who message being like, you got me through the pandemic. I, I love I listening. This stop. is a big part of my day. Well, I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta provide. Get, I, I, need I gotta to, give it to them. I they asked for it. Because when my favorite podcast goes down, Southern Spirits, I'm like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, and you and my sister said their content is all gone. It's still on Spotify, but only up till like March of this, of this year. year. And then that was the last thing that I heard. And um, yeah, so if you've been with if us from been the beginning, since the beginning, you would they know. started the same time that we did, and yes. we promoted each other for a little while, and then just kind of fell off of the promoting. And I just but kept they were listening like an from early afar. podcast buddy of ours, but they were just like us, and they, honest to God, had a much larger following than we have. We've our following is small, but fucking but mighty. mighty. <laughs> and we love them. Um, but they had a much larger following, and they are. They're done yeah. for now, at least. They're just gone. So it's um, it's like America's Next Top Model, and they just faded out of the picture. <laughs> they have that kind of music as their picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fades sashayed out. away. Yeah, we're still in it. So thanks for supporting our podcast. Thank you so much. But Sarah, thanks for making this podcast with me Thank and you. being a part of of you know this journey together as artists. I love. I do feel like this is. The one stable art outlet that I have, like no matter what, I know I can come here and at least improv a little bit, which takes me to our next thing. We're going to be working on sketch comedy. Check it out. It's going to happen soon. Oh my gosh. I have so many ideas. We were talking about ideas before we even started recording. It is just this. I feel like this podcast has been a really good catalyst for like... I could, I could, I could write stuff. I could improv stuff. I also I write stuff every week. I also told Sarah, I'm not going to tell you guys about it yet, but I told Sarah about an idea that I have for like a series I would like to do for the podcast. Oh, it's going to be so um, good. But it'll be like a kind of like a four week special. Um, but that's still in development. So like, I don't want to give you more details than that, but we have, we still have exciting things that we want to do and create for you guys. And yeah. I hope that you all appreciate it and, and enjoy what we crank out for you. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. So. You know what else has been wonderful? Because we haven't checked in in two weeks because we didn't release a newish episode last week because we took some time off. We did. We did. I seen it. But I had that wedding this past weekend. And you know what really helped me through that wedding? <laughs> Tell me, Sarah. My magic mind. I'm still on it. I'm hooked on the juice. I love it. Honest to God, it. I woke up, I had a cup of coffee, and I just took it like a shot. 
It's nice. I told you I like to drink it. I like to drink it in the morning with my coffee. So like I have my little breakfast. I like to make an egg in the whole grilled cheese. That's my thing lately with a little bit of honey and hot sauce on top and some everything bagel seasoning. And then I have my iced coffee that I make at home with my coffee cubes from frozen coffee from the day before. And I have my my precious little magic mind right there with my really, really good iced coffee. And I have my breakfast and my water and my iced coffee and my magic mind. And it is such a great way to start my day. I love that. I've been, I know I said last week, which means it's actually two weeks ago when we were here last, that I wanted to mix it with other stuff. But this last week, because the wedding was so busy that I was just like, hit me and just shot. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. So you I'm trying really, it with other stuff. This week, I'm really excited. I really want to try it with just straight sparkling water. I want to try it with a frothy milk because I'm really into like matcha lattes and this is the taste is matcha with a little bit of lemon, which it is, is really nice. Yeah. It's very good. So if you guys want to try Magic Mind, which you should, we have a promo code. We should sure of course do. we do. So this promo code will give you forty percent off which your is subscription. Banging. Or if you just wanted to try it and you want to do a one-time purchase, it'll give you 20% off a one-time purchase. So no matter what, it's a win-win situation. Yes. All you have to do is go to www.magicmind.co slash stories with, with a Z. Z. And then our promo code is stories2020. So stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-Z, two zero to get your magic mind. I... First time we were trying it around, I was like, I'm into it for, like, the focus from the adaptogens and the nootropics with the mushrooms. This time around, I'm like, that caffeine kept me going, girl. I just like it as part of my... Whenever I have, like, part of a morning ritual, it makes me feel like I'm leaning into my witchy side and it's the magic mind Mm -hmm. so i'm just having my little morning it's like my little morning ritual i like it i've been i told you i've been dabbling in a little bit of like green witchery i bought a green witch book i've been i am definitely a plant crazy plant lady and now i'm like plants talk to me but magic mind is also it's made from mushrooms it's made from other natural ingredients it's got honey which is what keeps it a little sweet yes so it's lemon, a lemon, little pepper. It's, it's good. all good. We we drank the Magic Mind Kool Aid, and we are here for it. And you should be too. Yeah. So go check it out. MagicMind.co slash stories. Promo code stories two zero. Go get your own Magic Mind, and then tell us what you mixed it with. Because my next journey is what other drinks can I make with the Magic Mind? Get into it, yeah, yeah. Who can save us? I'll somehow find a way to put that music clip in right there. That's our transition. All right, well, then I'm ready. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Leslie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Well, it's not ghosts. I mean, it might be because these people. It's. Speaking of ghosts, what? I mean, you know we record in Eric's studio. You keep seeing me turn and look, right? Stop. No, here I will tell you exactly what I'm hearing. Do you know that sound where like something sounds like it's about to fall, but it hasn't quite fallen? Like something is loose. Yes, that is what I'm hearing. Like, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, is it a picture frame? Is it a, is one of the candles near like the edge of the table? Like something has that shaky "I'm about to fall" sound. So if something falls. 
That's it, all I've got. It warned us. It warned us. Speaking of warnings, I'm going to give a little content warning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Because um, I think, what was it you said right before we started recording? What she calls herself? The suicide catalyst. There it is. So I also wanted to make note, and you can keep this or not. I don't know how he will feel about it. But my brother thanked me for putting a content warning on the episode. Um, So I want to try and keep that up if I can, slash we can. But he was like, that is a topic I really don't want to listen to right now. And I will come to it later. But like... I'm glad you let me know so that I knew at that time, like, this isn't what I want to listen to. Yeah. And I put it in the description, too. I'm pretty sure I usually do an all caps, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. So so content warning. We're going to be talking again about suicide, severe child abuse, self-harm, and we are going to briefly mention animal death as well. So to give, like, a previously on, because last week we did... You know, we did the I Seen of Men. But before that, I was talking about the influencer, spiritual leader, uh, Teal Swan. Teal Swan has a really large YouTube following, a big Facebook following. And she also does these big events where she has people come in and she speaks to them. And she works with people right on the stage. But one of the most controversial things is the way that she talks about suicide. So she talks about suicide a lot. And her followers refer to her as the spiritual catalyst but a lot of her critics refer to her as the suicide catalyst because she does so much work telling people basically when they're working through their suicidal ideation or their suicidal thoughts, she's really telling people to like lean into the trauma, lean into the feeling with the idea that they're going to go deeper and like discover the root of the issue and be able to actually heal the trauma. But some people really question that methodology and particularly she is not a licensed mental health professional. So most of the people that are like you, shouldn't do that kind of work are mental health professionals and also theoretically even if you were doing that kind of work one-on-one with something that's very different than the work that she does by putting out youtube videos where anyone who is vulnerable who is suicidal who is going through a grief period can be watching youtube and be sent the algorithm that that connects them with teal swan's work and her footage and they don't have her there to guide them or to deal with that trauma, it makes them more alone while they sit and do this work that she theoretically is teaching them how to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So also catching up, she began her spiritual practice in 2011, and we talked about one of her followers. Her name was Leslie Wainsgard, who Leslie took her own life in 2012. Patient number one. Patient number one. So she was one of Teal's earliest supporters, her and her husband. And monetary supporters, too. Monetary supporters as well. Yes. So they put a lot of money into investing in her work, in her workshops and such, which really took off. And like I said, that was 10 years ago. So that was in the first year of Teal Swan's work, and she claimed to have learned a lot of lessons from it, and, like, it changed the way she was doing what she did, but she's still doing the work that she does, and there is really no telling, like I said, the the spread of her work. Like, we know Leslie is somebody who she worked with directly, but we don't know how many people are, like, people who watched her YouTube videos and took their own life. We don't have any sort of estimation or number on what that could look like. Yeah. So at the time, Leslie, I think I mentioned before also, was coming off of Paxil, which is an antidepressant. Uh, And while her husband, John, said that he didn't know if Teal had encouraged Leslie to go off her antidepressants, she had encouraged him, John, to stop taking his Mm. uh, because it interfered with their 
spiritual vibrations. So like it made them unable to fully connect with the work that they were doing because of according to Teal, the medications that they were taking. Ugh. Teal, who is not, not a licensed, licensed mental health professional. Sure, okay. All right, cool. So early in the Deep End documentary, Teal's business, I think it was the second episode, which, mind you, it's only a four-part documentary, Teal's business decides to hire a private investigator to investigate them. They want to understand the criticism that is coming, so they're like, can you investigate us, and can you tell us if you think that we're a dangerous organization, if what we're doing is hurting people, um, we want to find that out because we want to make sure that we're doing the work and that we're not hurting people. Interesting method. So the two big questions that were posed were, does Teal Swan make her followers commit suicide? And is Teal Swan a cult leader? What are the answers? What are the answers? We'll get to that. Oh. We're going to talk a little bit more again about Blake Dyer. So Blake is the the business manager who uh, she said that she met to or they met when she was 19 years old. They met at a party. They moved in together very quickly. Um, they were in a romantic relationship for the first year, but then they broke up and stayed friends and stayed living together. That's so weird. And Blake took over a lot of helping her with her business, right? So he's her business manager, but he's been working with her since like the early 2000s when they first got together. And he knew... Because she told him that she had been, like, the victim of abuse. But I don't know how much detail she went into it with him. He Mm -hmm. said that he didn't press. But he knew it was very clear that she had a lot of trauma. And he was encouraging her to get therapy, which she eventually did go see a therapist. Teal, by her own description, has been married five times. And she was never married to Blake. I was going to say, and none of them to Blake. Never to Blake. But her first husband, she did have a son with. Um, Her son is like 10 to 12 years old. I don't talk a lot about him. That's good. Because it's none of my fucking business. Nope. And my judgment of Teal has nothing to do with her as a mother. However, there are people... So we talk about her critics. There's a difference between like her critics who are... Genuine professionals who worry about the what she, the work that she's doing, but there are also people who like send death threats, right? Critique her life. That's and her. never right. That's never a thing I've understood, Mm-mm. right? People sending death threats to people. Um, I don't get that. <laughs> so, I think whoever you know would do that is a piece of shit. But people like talk about her son too, um, and people have said like her son is the antichrist. So I don't know if that implies that she's the devil or if that she had sex with the devil. But whatever. But people come for her son as well, which is not cool. However, she had her son in her first marriage, and she has still lived with Blake this whole time, even as she's married other men. So Blake has like always, in some way, been involved in her son's life. Like Blake has always kind of been a second dad to her son because he's always been there. So she said that becoming a mother was a large part of what informed her own healing and what inspired her to get into the healing field. Um, because previously she was very averse to becoming a spiritual leader. She didn't want to be a spiritual leader. She wasn't interested in spiritual healing work, but she came to believe that like she had this calling and she couldn't ignore it anymore. Sure. Okay. Blake also had these goldfish that they were showing you in these document in this documentary. He had like four or five of them. The only one whose name I remember is, is Osho. Because Osho is what 
the fucking guy from Rajneesh Param started calling himself after all that shit went down with Sheila, if you watch Wild Wild Country. Mm-hmm. Um, Osho is what he started calling himself after that to, like, distance himself from that. Right. So I was like, mm, do you have a fish named after a cult leader? Um, but anyway. <laughs> Checks out. He loves his goldfish. That's a big deal. We'll get back to that. Oh, did he she these, kill his goldfish? He had goldfish? these big, beautiful goldfish. And he's like, these are my goldfish. And he's, like, telling you all their names. So, Teal, right, when she was working with Leslie, before Leslie took her own life, initially they were working together at where she was like her spiritual teal, uh, teacher, right? And she talked about these lessons she learned working with Leslie. But remember, we've also talked about her beliefs in like reincarnation and and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially when she talked about Leslie, it was like a big learning experience for her as a teacher and as a healer. Sometimes now when she talks about Leslie, she talks about how, like, she had this woman she was working with who was suicidal, and she tried to help her with these issues, but, you know, that woman was so determined to take her own life that she did, but she was reincarnated two days later into a life where she has the same issues that she didn't deal with in this life. So, like, it was almost like Leslie has started to be used as, like, a cautionary tale rather than, like, what she learned and experienced as a healer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hope Leslie haunts her then. Getting back to Blake and Teal. So Blake encouraged Teal to go to therapy in 2002 and 2003. Are you ready for all the connections to come into place? They lived. Do you remember where Teal is from? I want to say Utah. But so that's she grew just up in cause... Logan, Utah. She was living with Blake in Salt Lake City, Utah. Teal's therapist was Barbara Snow. Oh. <gasps> We talked about Barbara Snow a few weeks ago. She specializes in repressed childhood trauma and satanic ritual abuse. She was one of the big proponents of satanic panic. Teal insists, which remember, she doesn't have training, but all of her fans say that they or her followers listen to her because of her own personal experience and her own trauma. That Barbara implanted in her. So... Teal insists that she did not uncover any new memories with Barbara, that she has been conscious of all of her abuse the entire time. Now, remember, before she went to Barbara, she had already told Blake, like, she had been abused, right? That was already a part of what had happened to her. But this abuse included not only horrific sexual abuse, but ritual satanic abuse, alleges that she witnessed child sacrifices, child sex trafficking, and more. The family friend that she alleged sexually assaulted her was a veterinarian, and she said that he drugged her with ketamine in order to program her and gain access to her subconscious. Many of Barbara Snow's patients recovered memories of being drugged, specifically with ketamine. What? She said that he would do this and implant full experienced visualizations of the horrible things he would do to her family if she ever told anyone about the abuse. So he would drug her so that her perception was off. Basically tell her, if you ever tell anybody in your family about what I do to you, here's the things I'm going to do to them. And because of the drugs that she was on, she felt that she was really experiencing those things in real time. Okay. And that that is part of why she never talked to her family about the abuse that was happening. Okay. Barbara Snow filed a police report on Teal's behalf. Teal eventually did speak with the police with Barbara in the room. (sighs) 
She, this woman. She also provided them with her teen diaries from the time that the alleged abuse would have taken place. The police did find the information credible enough to begin an, an initial inquiry, but an investigation into Barbara Snow's background quickly led to the case being dropped. Oh. So here are my theories, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe that Teal Swan was abused as a child. I don't doubt that. But the issue with Barbara Snow and the work that she does is if she implants false memories. So if she, if there was already all those memories there, a very real abuse that did happen, and Barbara Snow suggested other things that didn't, that all those things kind of look the same. It ruins the credibility, yeah. Right? But it ruins the credibility. So while Teal may really have been sexually abused for years by this family friend, the part where she brings in the ritual satanic abuse Mm -hmm. and the ketamine to replace her memories, which is what other patients of Barbara Snow also claim to have experienced, Yeah, as soon as all of those become a part of the allegation, it loses credibility, which to me is the scariest and worst part about false memories, right? Mm -hmm. Is that they deteriorate the legitimacy of the actual memories of what actually happened. And there's no discerning for those people what is real and what is not real, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because if in your memory it looks like the memory that is real and you remember it just as well, then it's just as real to you, Mm -hmm. right? So there's no telling how much damage was done by the person who abused Teal Swan and the damage that was done by Barbara Snow or where the line lays in between. Wow. But Teal says that she couldn't do the work that she does if it weren't for her experiences. Not just because... So, like, every really strong abuse case, right, especially one that goes on and on for years, there's a complicated relationship in that he was a family friend and there was some bonding that happened. So she talks about how, like, he was a veterinarian and he was a healer, and she learned a lot about healing and about energy work from this man. Like, that is who she learned a lot of that work from, which is why she didn't want to be a spiritual healer, because the person who abused her is who taught her about being a spiritual healer but how much of the abuse that she remembers is real and how much of it is not now there's no questioning that to teal it's all real she remembered all of it barbara didn't put anything there that wasn't already there she remembered all of it already yeah that would be what teal would would say Mm -hmm. about that situation because barbara did a good job of what she does which is implanting false memories so then we'll talk about teal's signature process right the completion process which we've talked about Mm -hmm. it focuses on trauma finding the root of that trauma exploring that memory exploring that feeling right but what if that root trauma that you're exploring is an implanted memory so one of her things is she says that all root trauma, which this is this is already like doesn't make any sense to me, but that all root trauma stems from something that happened before the age of eight. You can't be tra- you can't be attacked and traumatized at 10, 11, 12, 13 as a grown adult. Anyway, no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that any 
any experience you have that causes a bad reaction, that causes trauma, is from a rude event that happened before you were eight years old. Whether you are conscious and remember it right now or not, that is where your issues stem from, right? And through the completion process, we're going to look into that feeling. We're going to explore that memory. What do you see? Treat that vision as if it's fact, And then we're going to explore that and kind of dismantle the power of it. But this could be a thing that you're remembering that never happened, right? Mm -hmm. When she was working with Leslie Wainsguard, Leslie, before she took her own life, was uncovering memories of her father molesting her as a child. These were memories that she never had before she was working with Teal Swan. But the combination of going off of her meds discovering these memories of what she thought was a loving relationship with her father into now something completely different and sinister, feeling alone, couldn't get a hold of the person that the one person that made her feel like she was understood. And then Leslie took her own life. How responsible is Teal for that? How many seeds did she plant with her telling Leslie Mm. that she'd never seen a soul so badly that wanted to leave the body that was still in the body? Yes. Oh, that's such like that phrase is so, so triggering. I mean, of course, this. Yeah. Like you said, all of those things that you said. Now, many followers and practitioners of the completion process discover root memories that had been previously suppressed. To their belief, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we talk about how, like, how a therapist can accidentally say something that is leading. Like, did somebody ever do this to you? Like, that puts an image of somebody doing that to them, whether that ever happened to them or not. Teal, because she talks about her special abilities and her clairvoyance, she doesn't even say, like, this might have happened. She will say, like, oh, you had a terrible childhood. There's this one point in the podcast where I was listening where she was talking to somebody, and this girl was talking about a feeling she had when she was a baby, which... No, okay. But she remembered feeling like her father was trying to kill her as a baby. And Teal said, you know, whether you were just swaddled too tight and, like, you just misunderstood that, whatever, right. And she's like, but that was your experience. That was what you felt. And she says, like, you know, well, my father, like, you know, it was really rough. And Teal says, right, you had a childhood that would terrify most people. But how does Teal Swan know what her experience is? Like, Teal Swan... She believes that she knows because she can read she can people, she can read auras, it. she's yeah. clairvoyant, she's clairsentient, she's clairomniscient, she has, you know, access to the Akashic Records. And she has a lifetime membership at Claire's. I yes. get it. So, on top of those internally composed memories, right, they do something called channeling when they're doing, like, a really tight session with somebody. And channeling, the way think of it, the way they think of it is channeling is literal possession. So we need to work through one of your childhood traumas. So we're going to ask for your consent for Derek here to take in and channel your father. Do you consent to Derek here taking in the energy of your father, Richard Heddens? I don't know what your dad's name was. Close Ricky. But Ricky. Yeah. Which is short for Richard. Wow. Okay. He was was he legally Ricky? Yeah. Wow. Okay. But they're like, do you consent to that? Okay. Do you consent to this person taking in your mother, Sheila Heddens? Are you okay with that? Okay. They're going to act out whatever is happening right now. Right? Mind you, these are two strangers. They don't know you. They certainly don't know Sheila and Ricky. Right? 
So now we're going beyond like you thought of this thing and you were, and now you think it's a memory to these people are channeling, right? They're possessed by your literal family. So what they're experiencing, that is real from your parents. That is what your parents feel. That is how your parents felt about that situation. And they treat it like it is a literal thing that happened. What? Yes. So there was one instance that they show in the documentary where they're doing channeling for this girl. She's dealing with, you know, complications about whatever feeling she has. And one person is her father and one person is her mother. And then another person is her as a child. And then she's watching them basically improv a scene yeah i was like this is an improv class and then asking essentially the actors but they will tell you like this is not acting this is channeling like this is not me pretending to be your father your father was in me i was your father and they'll ask them about what did you feel when you were channeling that and there was this one person who was like well when i was your father i had this feeling like i i just knew that there was an inappropriate relationship with your brother like i had abused your brother and when i was in the role of your mother i felt that way too and this person listened to this and took away from that conversation that her parents had sexually abused her brother not from a memory that she had Not from something she even recovered, but from the experience of the two people pretending to be her parents who didn't even know her parents, but that was enough to be a literal projection of what your father and mother were experiencing at that time. That is honest to God insane. That's insane. So then she goes back and she's like, mom, dad, I have some questions. So sometimes, so a lot of times what happens is people will either confront their parents about these memories they've recovered, right? Mm -hmm. Those parents will be like, that never happened. And they're like, you're gaslighting me. You're gaslighting me. me. We can't have a relationship anymore (gasps) because you won't admit to what you did to me. It's a cult now. It's a cult. They cut you off from your family. So that's the thing, right? It's not a rule. No, but it happens. It's not a rule that you can't talk to your family. It's not a rule that you can't have that relationship, right? But it just so happens that they uncovered these memories and now they don't want anything to do with you because of what they learned from Teal. So Teal is like, it's not because of what they learned from me. It's because they're uncovering the memories of what you did. And that's why you don't have a relationship with your child. Wow. Yes. Yes. That is oof. Woof. Yes. So part of what we see in this documentary with Blake is Blake has recently met someone and her name is Juliana. Juliana is German, and she was a person who saw Teal Swan's videos, and she came to a retreat, and that retreat happened to be led by Blake. So they met at the retreat, right? Part of the documentary is Juliana decides that she's going to leave Germany, and she's going to come live as part of this intentional community in Utah. And she's already, like, watches Teal Swan videos, is ready to drink the Kool-Aid, is ready to join the intentional community. She's like, let's go. From what she understands of it, right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now, at one point, they have Juliana do 
a channeling. Like they have her be part of someone else's channeling. So she takes in someone's mother. This person's mother had taken her own life and now he struggles with suicidal ideation and he needs to understand what his mother went through and let her go so that he can do his own healing. So they have Yuliana channel his mother and you know she cries and talks about being in so much pain and she doesn't want to hurt him anymore so that they have their moment where he's able to like apologize and also tell his mother that everything's okay and that she can go and they tell Juliana she is unnatural she does channeling better than some people that Teal has worked with for years oh no it's specifically Teal that tells her that by the way because Teal knows that she's close with Blake. Well, because she just did such a good job. Yeah. Not because she's close to Blake. Oh, That's okay. coincidental. <laughs> so, mm, okay. So they, like I said, they had met at that retreat. And up until 2020, they had mostly had a long distance relationship. But 2020, she moved to Utah. She became part of the community, right? While Teal had been skeptical, Yuliana seemed to fit in with the inner circle almost immediately. She was given the opportunity to do a channeling session. She was told that she was a natural. Teal also told Blake that she noticed that Yuliana did not seem jealous of, like, their relationship. And that that was good, because they're really good friends, and they've been with each other for years, and there's always going to be something, like, a little bit there, because they have a deep love for each other, right? But she's like, I've noticed, like, I've looked, like, she doesn't get jealous when you, like, touch me, or, like, when we're talking together, and she's like, that's a good thing. Okay? So they talk about some of the circle's non-negotiables. Sister wives. What's happening? I don't know. There's got to be something weird. There's something a non-negotiable is list, right? In being part of the intentional community, you agree to certain rules, right? Including... No sex. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm, it's okay. What is it? No leisure travel. So you can only travel when we are traveling for work. We're going to go do a workshop somewhere. We're going to go do a thing. But you can't just like up and travel whenever you want. That's not acceptable. We don't do that because you have to be part of the work, right? This is the work that you are committing to. And she mentions, you know, like she's from Germany. She wants to be able to have like her normal life with Blake and they be able to go to Germany and see her family. And Teal makes it very clear that a normal life is not compatible with the work that they do in the inner circle. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at one point they had this follower who she's been to a number of Teal Swan workshops. She's been following Teal Swan for years. And she's like, I, you haven't helped me. You haven't fixed me. I still want to take my own life. And Teal is like, I'm kind of confused. Like you come to these workshops and you say you want to get better. But when I tell you like you need to, you know, work on whatever the girl keeps being like, I don't want to focus on my pain. I don't want to focus on it. And she's like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Like that's what you have to do to feel better. But then there's this struggle, right? Because if Teal Swan has a follower like that, and she's like, I can't help you. She's like, what do we do? Because if that person goes home and tells people, and then they, she tells people she came to my workshop and then she kills herself. How's that going to look for us? How's that going to look on me? Teal Swan. <sighs> yeah. So I and have, they filmed all that. I have a clip to show <gasps> you. <laughs> yes. I actually have two clips to show you, but here's the first one. Okay. The music would have you feel like you're watching a horror movie. Right? Like it's not a doc. What the fuck is going on with this? What has to happen for the people to realize I have the information that's going to make it so that your life changes? 
Because of this last week, I don't know what the answer is. And it's like people, they don't fucking actually see. They don't see the truth. I can tell you what your issue is. I, I like, they need to know that. There are two things we wanted to do in general. It's like, okay, what do we People do? like fucking hate. I need you to realize this. Like, people like fucking hate me. Why do you feel you have haters? I have haters because I wear high heels. I have haters because I charge $5,000 for people to come to a private event when they think I should do it for free. I have haters because I'm a female with a fucking opinion and I have power. And a vagina at the same time. Just feels like my childhood all over again. It's okay, like, I don't know what's is, happening. This is the, see, we're, we're, so we're still in the dark. Oh my god, my daughter never had an issue with suicide until she talked to Teal Swan. Oh yeah, I read a fucking journal. I'm so tired of families who are like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, you fucking happened. Of course your daughter killed herself. Jesus fucking Christ. Sips from her fox people mug. People doing this kind of work on themselves. They read it off a fucking clip. I can see that, but people, That's are, Liliana. people are already do that, doing that. Do, what do you then they're going to die. That's you the thing. force them. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I don't feel like we can force them. It doesn't work that way. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. You literally just crossed the line. Now we have problems. What? What? And she knows she's being filmed and she said all this. No. So they're talking about the person that I was just talking about, where like this girl is like, well, I might just leave and kill myself. And Teal is like, if she leaves and kills herself, what does that say about us? People hate me. People hate me. Yes. Well, it sounds like you're just, it's of course your daughter would kill herself. It sounds like you're trying to force their hand. Sure, yeah. Mm hmm. Now, the other thing I really want to point out is. Yuliana said, well, we can't force... Do you want to force them? And she said, fuck yes, I want to force them. And she said, well, you can't do that. Like, you just can't force people. And she's like, now we have a problem. Now we have a problem. You've crossed a line. What was the line that she crossed? What is that? Yeah, what does that mean? She she disagreed with Teal? <laughs> That's what I heard. She was like, I don't think you can do that. And Teal was like, now we have a fucking problem. Because you have disagreed with... That's what I hear, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I have one more clip for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for it. I know, right? So, they're now having an intervention with Yuliana about her position in the inner circle. Please hit play. I am really angry today. I basically realized in the last few days that it's it's because a personal truth is not actually being shared. So there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, like, people have many reasons why they resist a personal truth, whether it's to avoid consequences or because admitting to it is going to make them feel bad about themselves or whatever it is. Juliana, that's what's happening with you. You feel like an adversary to me, and I need that to change. <sighs> what means that, Edward? Like enemy. Opposing. Blake. Right, she keeps looking at him. Like, are you gonna stand up for me? Are you gonna me? help me? Wow. 
what you actually think about me pretty fucking quick. I can tell you about all kind of personal truths about what you think is unhealed about me and unhealthy about me and unhealthy about the company I run, unhealthy about the house I lead, unhealthy about my dynamics with people. It's literally unhealthy and healthy and healthy and healthy and healthy and... <laughs> yeah, th this is what you've been doing since the minute you landed. What? You've been insulting me. It's all over your energy field. So I suggest you talk about that. <laughs> She's so scary. Because if you're not aware, you have the smirk on your face. No, she doesn't. No, she does not. She looks terrified. I'm afraid, actually. You should be. Do you know what would be interesting to me, actually? Is based off of the interaction that you and I have had. What you think your attitude towards me is, and what every other person here thinks your attitude towards me is. What I think of you that you're like really clear in what you want and where you want to go in your life and that you have like a very clear commitment to your mission. But in general, like you're a very powerful person. Alright, let's go to somebody else then. Because that was a very toned down, very sweet, very sugar coated answer. What a fucking bitch. She's crazy. What a bitch. I think you're being a bitch right now. Not just I that. Feel that you you're not telling me what you feel. Part of this. All of us tell us what I she think feels. The, the, the mission is fascinating for you. You say she's powerful. And she's writing it down. You see a negative power in her. Unfortunately, I don't think you see that Teal actually has the best interest. And there's no resolution if you don't. She's right. Narcissist. Authority. Controlling. That's what she is. I think you think that she doesn't care about people. I think you think she's hungry for power. I think you think she's manipulative. With her sexuality. This is a cult. This is a cult. And then a reference guide. What other? What everyone else said. Think you're envious of her. Think you feel threatened by her. I think you're afraid of her. I think you. She's smirking. Teal. Yes. Damn, Sky. Just sound like you listed like every bad thing you could think of. I'll take it back now. Uh, I think Juliana needs to leave Blake and leave the whole cult. So, right? She asks Juliana, like, what do you think? And Juliana's like, here's what I think. Then she asks everyone else in the group to tell Juliana what she thinks. And they look like they're doing an acting character exercise where they're like, I'm just interpreting what I think Teal wants me to say about what I think your character is feeling. Yes. And what is taken as fact, because you noted that she was writing notes down on what other people were saying, what is taken as fact is not what Juliana says she feels, but what other people have projected and decided that Juliana feels. Well, because that it fits is Teal's narrative. Because Yuliana's too close to Blake. Yes. So, 
When the PI <laughs> got hold of the non-negotiables, that was when she got worried, right? The PI that they hired to tell them, hey, are we running a cult? Do we make people kill themselves? And the PI told Blake, look, the non-negotiables list is where I worry, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, like, you know, it's all stuff that, like, we agree to. And she's like, my first thought is, like, this is illegal to tell people that, like, they have to agree to this to be part of this group. And second, (laughs) like, what kind of, like, what kind of consent do these people have, right? Because he's like, well, everybody, like, agrees to the list. Like, everybody is fine with it. And she's like, well, here's my question for you, Blake. You think that... But what happens if somebody doesn't agree with it and says they're not okay with it? Do they get to stay? <laughs> and Blake was like, I mean, I... Mm. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> when you put it like that... Teal told me not to think about it that way. So, when asking Molly Monaghan, who, she's the 69-year-old PI, and she has main character energy. I love She it. is just delightful, this woman love that it. they've hired to do this work. When she's asked to answer these questions, does Teal Swan cause her followers to commit suicide? No. Does Teal Swan run a cult? Yes. She said maybe. She said maybe. Hard maybe. Teal did not have a very good reaction to that information. <laughs> she felt a very bad energy. Now, being from her. of all the things that she gets criticized and complained about, the thing that really upsets her is being called a cult leader because of Teal's own trauma coming from Satanic a cult. rituals? Yes. You know what? If it walks like a duck and leads a cult like a duck, it's a cult leader. After a lot of soul-searching... Blake Dyer decided to leave the inner circle. Finally! He moved away from the intentional community with his new wife, Yuliana. They got married in 2020. Still in the group when they got married, but they left the group together. And he is, like, running this, like, come hike in the woods and search your spirit kind of retreat thing. That's what he's doing. Good for him. Good for him. When he told Teal he was leaving, she this is all on tape with the deep end. Lost her mind. Oh, she went fucking nuts. She was crazy. She yeah. was, and I try not to use the C word, and I know, and aiming it at women, it is a charged word. She is a fucking loon. This woman is like off her knocker, okay? She's off the deep end. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm episode over. I'm Sarah. Blake moved into his new place with Juliana and he readied his fish tank for his big old goldfish. <gasps> and he opened the bucket to put them in and the goldfish were all dead. Now we've talked about the scoring and how this documentary was shot. It really <gasps> makes you think she poisoned them. I really feel like Till poisoned them. But I am also fully willing to admit that it might it just might be how just this been. documentary was put together. Because you immediately were like, oh my god, Teal she killed his it. fish. Teal did it. She killed his fish. I mean, I believe it. That's the narrative I'm going with. What? <laughs> what? Just, did she Did she talk about just it? Just wrapping it up. No, of course she didn't talk about it. The spiritual energy what of the fish was What they do show off. is Teal and her inner circle kind of renegotiating the non-negotiables. 
Do you think it actually happened, though? Oh, they did. Or did it just happen them for camera? <laughs> no! One of the things that they all agreed on... They all turned in their passports. You can't have children. If you're going to be part of the inner circle, you cannot be a parent, because that takes you away from Teal's needs and the needs of the inner circle and the work that we're doing here. This Ugh. has to be number one priority, and that Gross. can't happen if you're a parent. Gross. Okay. Gross. The last thing I want to leave you with is main character Molly. <laughs> Molly, this P.I., who I could not... I had so much information to give. I could not give you enough information about Molly and how delightful she is. But she's in this documentary, right? And they ask her, like, what do you think they're going to do with the information that you gave them, right? You told them, like, you had to write up a report that said, like, here's what I learned, and you sent it to them. And Molly, <laughs> Molly goes, what do I think is going to happen with it? And she puts on the clip that is the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have you ever seen Raiders of the Lost I Ark? I own it Sarah? on VHS. If you have, if you're not familiar, the last scene because what happens with with the Ark, right? The Nazis are looking for it. They open it. They've got Indiana Jones and his woman there. The Ark melts all their faces off. If Anybody look who looks at it, at it, they all just die immediately. So Indiana Jones, they get untied. They without looking, close that Ark, right? And they're like, what are you going to do with it? And this is the clip that Molly plays, which is they take the Ark and they put it in a box and they lock it up and they put it in another box and they lock it up and, and they, put they put it in, it in a crate a and then they nail it closed and then they just cart that shit off to a factory for nobody to ever look at it ever again. So Molly goes, what do I think they're going to do with my report? And she literally just plays the end of Lost Ark. Of them putting it in a crate yes. and putting it in a wall of other crates yes. that look exactly the yes. same. Yes. She was like, I think, she's like, I did what they hired me to do, and I told them the truth that I found, but I think because that truth is not what they wanted to hear, they will bury it, Yep. they will never look at it, and they will forget it ever happened. Yep. 100%. Like Scientology. Teal Swan is still running her business. Now, she's gotten a lot of attention recently because of this documentary. She's going to sue us now that we've done this series. This one is called The Deep End on Hulu, but there is also a really excellent deep dive six-episode podcast series called The Gateway from Gizmodo. I learned a lot from that. Uh, And then I also, I'm not telling you to do this unless you want to get a you can do you can always do like a free trial of something i did a free trial of gaia it is this like hippy dippy new age streaming service Hmm. and i did that only so i could watch open shadow which is like the one documentary about teal that she actually endorses (laughs) what was that like (laughs) that one i mean that was the one where she talked a lot about the specifics of her abuse I will say that was the only one where you've ever seen Teal's parents actually give an interview. Wow. I'm very curious to what that relationship is like because you don't see or hear anything from Teal's parents anymore. And she does so much work that is telling you to blame your parents, parentheses, as she blames her parents, end mm-hmm. parentheses. And her parents are like, hi, we're the parents to blame. And remember I told you her parents were very granola, hippy-dippy people, even for when and where she grew up. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's like, I wonder if they're just like, you know, it's our fault because we let her be with this friend of ours. So anything that she says, like... We, you know, we really messed up. I don't know. You know what I mean? I yes. don't know if it's like that. Guilt. Yeah. Or uh. if like 
more things have come out and now they're like, you know what? We don't want to talk about it. We've done all the talking we're going to do and we don't want anything to do with anything from here on out. I don't know which of those scenarios it is. Yeah. But that was the only of all of the documentaries and all the stuff I've gone through. That is the only footage I found where her parents were actually a part of the process. Wow. And that documentary was made. It came out in 2017. It was made like 2016. Early, early. Yeah. So like halfway between like the starting of her career and where she is now. So I don't know what that relationship is like now, but you don't see or hear from Teal's parents anymore. Wow. Other than that one documentary. And I wanted to watch it even though i know i already have my feelings established sure but (laughs) i wanted to watch it because i wanted to make sure that i watched what i could of like she doesn't like (laughs) this podcast right she doesn't like this documentary that came out i wanted to watch the one that she was like okay this one shows me in the light that i would like to see myself as i would also like to say Right, that I do believe people in in some capacity can be a victim of editing, but as a person who has worked with someone who was famous for blaming it on the editing in a very real way, what I came to learn and understand is that they edit the footage of you that they have. Right? And maybe they show more of your bad footage. Maybe it's like, okay, you were a bitch 30% of the time and and not 60% of the time. But you gave them enough footage to work with that they could put it together that way. So maybe you're not like that all the time and maybe the edit was bad. But you're like that enough that they got the footage to put that edit together. When they said fan favorite Mimi on first... <laughs> I was gagged. There is no way. We I could not believe it. Don't come for my fans. It. From what I've seen, you don't have many. Again, new if you're new to the podcast. Ugh. <laughs> um drag is not a contact sport. It's not a contact sport. And that queen is not good to work with. Bah, bah, bah. But they edit the footage they have. That's all I have to say on that matter. Right? Yep. So Teal Swan, as of now, is still practicing. Technically, she's not really doing anything illegal, question mark? Yeah. Um, She was, when she was certifying people previously in her completion process, she was giving them certifications that were stamped with the Utah State Seal. She was fined for that, and they did send her a cease and desist. And then when they opened their program in Costa Rica, her husband told the state of Utah that they were no longer in their jurisdiction because they ran their business out of Costa Rica and that they didn't need that approval. But they also stopped putting the Utah State Seal on shit. Wow. Why is it always Utah? Because... Because Why is Mormons? it always Utah? Because Mormons. Because even though she wasn't Mormon, she was raised around Mormons. She was raised in that culture, that... Culture. Culture. Oh, goodness gracious. Great And Mormons were a part of, of what made her life a living hell for a long time. Wow. And now she's making other people's lives a living hell. So, if you've been getting all this content about Teal Swan on TikTok, and you're like, what's that about? Who is this? This is who she is. That's who Teal Swan is. That's where you can find more information. If you want to do a deep dive, if you want to learn more information about what's going on, what all the fuss is about. More power to you. I highly suggest The Gateway by Gizmodo and The Deep End, which is available on Hulu. 
But don't give her any of your money. Do not give her any money. Give us your money. Give us your money. Give That's your right. Money. If you like our show, you can support our <laughs> podcast by subscribing to our Patreon. We Patreon. have different tiers for we you. We have so much bonus content. There's we have so much bonus content. Oh my gosh. Two years worth of I seen it. Almost a year's worth of me, myself, and YouTube. Almost getting up to like over half a year's worth of what that ghost do. And if you're on the $15 tier, you're getting ghost fart stickers now, baby. baby. So there's so much content out there that we do for you. you. To, yeah. Uh, it's just behind a paywall. Just, yeah. Cause, <laughs> you know, because this, this is what we have to do to survive. Because we live in America. America. Also, we are all um, requesting from any of our penis, sperm, testicle having people to please send us your sorry your rights are taken away gifts. I'm expecting all of those presents to be coming soon. Yeah. I keep making that joke to Charlie. I'm like, where's my sorry your rights are taken away gift? I just keep saying we're boycotting sperm as if I wasn't already doing that. Yeah, so. Um, but we're boycotting sperm here in the United States. So take your sperm and put it to good use. I don't it. know. Make a project with it. We love an art project. We Flush love it. a ghost dick. We love a ghost dick. I don't, I'm I don't not know if I want sperm. your sperm in I it. I don't want your sperm. Um, but we do want your money. So our Patreon, you can also buy merch from our website, deadtimestorieswithaz.com. And if you don't have that money, which girl in this economy That's you okay. can also do all sorts of stuff for free we like emails deadtimestories at gmail.com but the best thing you can do that costs no money whatsoever is to give us a five-star review on the apple itunes podcast store or anywhere we listen to the podcast on spotify on google play on soundcloud audacity no that's what we record with what was the other one that i saw recently amazon yeah, we're on everywhere. We're everywhere. You know where you're listening Audible, to this podcast. We're on Audible. Give us five stars. Let people know so that people can come listen to us and we can spread the love and we can make the show even bigger and even better in the years to come. Four more years. Four <laughs> more years. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 